0: Welcome to the Arena Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. Hey Arena Church it 's great to be together again online, and this is the third week that we 've been together and it 's a delight to be able to join with all the campuses. I want to give a big shout out to Stern. And to Mansfield, come on, Mansfield. To Nottingham, come on, a big shout from the Nottingham crew. To Belper, come on, make the noise. Okay, wonderful. To those who are part of Ilkeston Hob, come on, I want to hear you. And lastly, but not least, to those in France, Toulouse, France, come on, give a big shout out. And also, there's another group. There's people who are joining us online who you're probably making your mind up about church and just... A little bit intrigued about what we're doing. You may have had an invitation. We give you a real big shout out today. It's, it's strange, really, as you know, in this lockdown, as not gathering. And I'm so glad that we have technology that, are, that enables us to uh, come to you uh, via your rooms and your, your homes. But there's something about gathering. And we really do look forward to hopefully soon gathering. I also want to just say that uh, as a team, we're praying. We're praying for two particular groups. We're praying for those workers. Guys, if you're from the NHS, come on, a big shout out And the police and the fire brigade. You're amazing. There's other key workers as well who are continuing to deliver community services and help and assistance. To those who work in the shops and the retail industry and the care industry, guys, You're amazing. You really are heroes. And also we're we're, we're praying and uh, we're standing with those who are business owners. We know it's a a difficult time. You know, lots of sort of things can get in our heads. But I want to encourage you and, and let you know that we as a church are praying for you. We're standing with you. If you run a small business, if you're self-employed, then uh, we're with you and we want to do everything we can to help you. So, you know, please feel free to email us if you wanted some prayer, you know, we'd, we'd love to hear from you. Most of you know that this is a, a significant Sunday because it's the beginning of the lead up to Easter. and. Uh, in in, in, uh, seven days time we're going to be celebrating the resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ what a wonderful uh, morning that's going to be but I want to talk this, this uh, today around the, the last week of Jesus. Some people call it the Passion Week. They, 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 they call it the Holy Week. But I want to just address the last week of Jesus. But before I get there, I think it'd be good to have a funny story. I think it's funny anyway. So you know, you know what my stories are like, just go with me. There was a young man and he was learning to be a paratrooper. And before his first jump, he was given a set of instructions. He was told, number one, jump when you're told. Two, count to ten and pull the ripcord. In the unlikely event that the ripcord doesn't open the parachute, then pull the emergency ripcord. And then, when you get down, a truck will be there to take you back to the airport so the young man memorised these instructions and climbed aboard the plane and the plane climbed to 10,000 feet and the paratrooper, number one, he jumped when he jumped he then counted to 10 and pulled the ripcord but nothing happened his chute failed to open no problem he then pulled the emergency ripcord still nothing happened no parachute oh great said the young man And I suppose the truck won't be down there when I get down there either. I don't know about you, but like this man, he was having a bad day. Things were happening in his world at that particular time that were very, very difficult for him. What do you do when nothing goes right? What do you do when you're having a bad day or it could be the worst week of your life? What do you do? You know, bad news, sickness, loss, failure, breakdown, all these things come to our lives. I want to look at the last week of Jesus' life on earth because it had many highs, but there were many lows. I wonder what you would do with your last week on earth. I want to encourage you, those who are from Arena Church, to get your Bibles over these next seven days. And read the gospel accounts from Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. If you're here on the broadcast and you haven't got a Bible, you know, just type in U version, U version, and uh, there you can access numbers of translations of, of the Bible. We'd encourage you to probably use the, the New International Version. And you'll be able to read the accounts of the last week of Jesus. Now, it's going to be impossible for me to speak into that and condense 168 hours into 25 minutes. So what I'm going to do for the the sake of this recording is I'm just going to take three particularly crucial events that happened to Jesus and hopefully apply them in the 21st century. It's important to say, though, that Jesus approached the final week with the same dedication and commitment and inner peace that he had always had. Even though, though we knew he was, he was going to the, the cross and to the grave. I was this week reflecting on a, a, a little bit of my teenage years and uh, I listened to mainstream music but also to some Christian music and there's an artist by the name of Michael W. Smith. He's an American. He's in the 1990s and I actually got it on Spotify and listened to it this week. And he wrote a song that is called secret ambition and in it he was accounting Jesus' life and the reason why he came to earth and uh, this is what he said in the last line of of the chorus but nobody knew his secret ambition was to give his life away he's talking about Jesus to give his life away Now, this week leads up to the most two significant events of Jesus. As I've said, next Friday, we're going to be uh, remembering his death, Good Friday, but then Resurrection Sunday. So, let's take a few of these accounts, shall we, and apply them to our 21st century living in this Passion Week. Uh, I I want to tell you that Jesus has a passion for you to hear this message. He, he, he comes to you with love and passion and compassion because this is what he expresses to the world. If you're listening in today, I want you to know that God doesn't hate you, he loves you. He loves the world. He says, for God so loved the world. God is not against you even if there's trouble in your life. You've uh, suffered loss in your life. He's actually for you. You know, stuff happens that we can't understand but it is possible to have peace in the midst of trouble and storms. So let's go to the, the passage, shall we, in Luke in chapter 19 and verse 28. And this is what it reads. Jesus went on towards Jerusalem, walking ahead of his disciples. And as he came to the towns of Bethpage and Bethany on the Mount of Olives, he sent two disciples ahead. He said to them, go into the village over there. And as you enter it, you will see a young donkey tied there that no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks, why are you untying that colt? Just say, the Lord needs it. So they went and found the colt, just as Jesus had said. And sure enough, as they were untying it, the owners asked them, why are you untying that colt? And the disciples simply replied, the Lord needs it. So they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their garments over it for him to ride on. Verse 36 As he rode along, the crowd spread out their garments on the road ahead of him. When he reached the place where the road started down the Mount of Olives, all of his followers began to shout and sing as they walked along, praising God for all the wonderful miracles that he, the one who was riding the colt, had seen. Verse 38, blessings on the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest heaven. The two particular things that I want to pick up that I think will be helpful, and I think they have great application in this 21st century, and particularly the situation that we find ourselves in, in the last week of Jesus. The first thing I want to say is this, Jesus showed us that there is always provision in the season it's interesting that Jesus said to them I need a colt that no one's ever ridden it's not my colt, colt but he knew by the spirit he knew supernaturally that in that town in that particular place in that location at that time there was going to be a donkey and he said to them if you're asked why are you are taking it just say the Lord needs it he was showing us he was showing us guys there is provision in the season The cult was tied up and sure enough, they had to say to the men, the Lord needs it. And they said, go and take it. This is a reminder to everyone here today, a reminder to those who are on the broadcast, a reminder to the self-employed, a reminder to those who are losing money, who are on furlough, a reminder to all of ourselves really, that the Lord will always provide in the season. He always will provide in the season that he puts us in, as long as we put our trust in him. Philippians 4 verse 19 says this, And my God will meet all of your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. Now notice church, and notice those who are listening, it doesn't say God will provide all your wants, but it does say that God will provide All of your needs. You know, one of the prayers that I pray as a pastor over the A to Z of Arena Church and over our resources and over our family, the family that I've got care over, my personal family, is that give us this day our daily bread. And interestingly, as we have prayed that prayer and Caroline have prayed it, we've always found there has been provision in the season. But so often many people are fretting about the provision. They're worrying about the provision in the season that they're in. And you might be one of them. And my my simple request is that you stop worrying and you stop fretting. Matthew 6 verse 30 to 33 says this, people who don't know God and the way he works fuss over these things. What are these things? Jesus is talking about the clothes that we wear and the food that we eat and material possessions. But he says, but you know both God, you, you both, you know both God and how he works. Steep your life in God reality, God initiative, God provisions. Don't worry about missing out. You'll find all your everyday human concerns or needs will be met. You see, we have a reminder again in this passage that God says, stop worrying, stop fretting. There is provision in the season. I've been reminding myself very much of the five loaves and two fishes, the boy who just brings his packed lunch, and as a result of it, multitudes, thousands, were fed. I've reminded myself of the miracles of Jesus as I've been leading up to the last week of Jesus in my readings. I've been reading about the wonderful miracles that Jesus did, healing of a blind man, the provision towards forgiveness to the adulterous woman and the woman with the issue of blood. There are many, many accounts and many miracles of people who were in need and they met Jesus and they reached out to Jesus and they touched him. As they touched him, their needs were met. I want to encourage you today, church, I want to encourage those who are listening to reach out to the Lord, to reach out to him. And as you reach out to him, God will meet your needs. He will help you. He will stand with you. He will go before you. He will be strong in you. So I want you to tap the neighbour, or I want you to type on the screen today that there is provision in this season. But equally from this story that we've read, not just provision, but we're called to praise his name. Number two, this is what happened in the last week of Jesus. There was praise that came from the people. He says in verse 37 that when he rode on the donkey and as they laid down their shawls, and they broke off branches and, and lay them down as they would for a king, the king's arrival. He says there that as they did that, that all the followers began to shout and sing as they walked along praising God for all the wonderful miracles they had seen blessings on the king they announced, the one who comes in the name of the Lord, peace in heaven and glory in the highest. You see, this is a second application that we need to understand from the life of Jesus in his last week, provision in the season, but we're called to praise his name, church. People who are listening, you're called to praise the name of Jesus. You see, praise produces. Now, some of you may be asking, is this an egotistical God? What are we doing here? Why is he asking for praise? You know, he's not an egotistical God. I want to say Jesus always served. He humbled himself. The Bible says he lowered himself. He always practised humility. He always preferred others more than himself. This is, was his example to us. And it's the example as Christians that we should always live with. But praise was given to God. Praise was given to Jesus because he was deserving of it. I want to tell you that in that moment, they understood that he was the saviour. He was the Messiah. He's the Lord. And in this moment, I stand here today and I want to announce to everybody who's listening. And as we get on YouTube and there's people who are clicking on in days and months and years ahead, who knows. I hope that they hear me announce That His name is worthy to be praised. He is the Lord. He is the Christ. He is the Son of the living God. He is the one who loves you. He is the one that we should bow down and worship. Why do we worship the stuff that's so temporary? Why do we worship with things that have no meaning, true meaning? We worship things that are decaying. And yet we have one who holds the earth together, who's in full control, control, even in this moment, And he is worthy of our praise. You see, praise was and is deserving to our Saviour. But I also want you to know that this praise brings breakthrough. You know, if you're facing conflict, if you're facing tragedy, if you need a breakthrough, praise precedes breakthrough. It really does. You'll never get to victory without praise. I've realised that in my life, there's been times when I've felt such despondency and loneliness and challenge difficulties. It feels like everything around us is falling to bits and to pieces. But in those moments, I encourage myself to praise the name of the Lord. These are not just worship songs that we've just worshipped together. These are not just words These are expressions of our heart. They they bring praise. They really do. And as you praise His name, you overcome. And this is why the enemy will do everything he can to stop you praising. Have you ever realised that in those moments of darkness... The last thing you want to do is praise. What you want to do is mumble and grumble. You want to moan and groan. You you, you want to to curl up in a corner and shake your fist at God. And that's exactly where the enemy wants to get you. But I want to tell you, the way that you'll see breakthrough is as you praise His name, as you refuse to be silent, as you refuse for your mouth to be closed, as you lift up your voice and as you lift up your hearts to praise God, there's a breakthrough. Just one quick story, Acts chapter 16. You'll have to look at it yourself for yourself Paul and Silas two great men of God they've done nothing wrong they just were doing God's work they find themselves in the inner prison that's where all the drains and all the water would have gone in all the rat infested they were bound up in metal shackles and they're in a prison they'd been beaten all for the name of Jesus (laughs) and there's two choices that these two men had Like you and I, they weren't superhuman. They didn't pull off the shirt, Superman. No, they were just normal people. But there were two choices like you and I have. You can either moan or you can praise. And it accounts in Acts chapter 16 that about midnight, they began to praise. I call it, they were singing in the drain. I'm singing in the drain. Just singing in the drain. Come on, all together now. Now, I'll stop there, okay. <laughs> they were singing in the drain. They lifted up their voices. They sang hymns to God. They praised his name. And this is what we meant to do. This is a lesson. In the last week of Jesus, we meant to praise his name. Just as I move to the third and final point, it is a tragic thing to see that the Savior, they recognized him for who he was, but later on, the crowds, the same crowds that shouted, Hosanna, were the same people who shouted, Crucify him, later on in that week. Let's be determined, whatever the circumstances, whatever the challenges, to not turn our back. I have decided to follow Jesus, to praise Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. Thirdly, and guys, I need you to lean in just for these last few minutes because I need to talk about pain and suffering. There was provision, there was praise, but there was pain and there was suffering because the last sort of few days of the week we noticed that Jesus went to a garden, the garden of Gethsemane and in that place of prayer we see his internal torture Uh, this this week was like no other there was triumph there was praise that we've read about but then there was pain and suffering but In suffering comes victory. And there was the culmination of all the week of of, of what was happening. There was the euphoria of riding on a colt. And then he descended into excruciating pain and loneliness. Let's read it shall we. Luke chapter 22. This was just before he was about to be betrayed by Judas and captured by the Romans. Verse 44 of Luke 22. He prayed even more passionately talking of Jesus, like one being sacrificed, until he was in such intense agony of spirit that his sweats became drops of blood dripping onto the ground. And when Jesus finished praying, he got up and went to his disciples and found them all asleep, for they were all exhausted and overwhelmed with sorrow. And he says to them, why are you sleeping? You need to be alert and pray for the strength to endure the great temptation. Jesus was showing us that he had to feel the pain and he had to suffer. He was in prayer. He felt all alone. He was crying out to his Father. There was internal struggles because he knew what was coming and he was at a crossroads. And in one account, he says in the Gospels, he said, please, Father, take this cup from me. But then he goes on to say, but not what I will, only your will be done. See, suffering teaches us many things. And this is for those who are suffering and hurting. And I have a word for you. And I don't want you in this moment, oh, have a pity party. This is an encouraging word for those who are suffering. This is going to lift your spirits because suffering is part of life. And it produces a development of our character. And I have a word for you. Keep going. Endure this hardship. We watch sports, people. I love watching sports. There's so much reruns now. It's unbelievable on the telly. But those who have achieved anything in sport or anything in life... High achievers have gone through something that they call the pain barrier. You see, achievement and greatness only comes through suffering and pain. And this is the thing that I want to say to everybody who's listening today. The cost of following Jesus is great. It really is. But I want to tell you the rewards far outweigh anything else, but he didn't promise it would be easy. In fact, I was reading something recently. I want to just quote this book. It says, If God exempted Christians from suffering, pastors could stop preaching. I would need this today. TV preachers could cancel their shows. And believers could stop witnessing. Non-believers would throng the church and wear out the carpeted aisles to the altar. For Christianity would be the modern day panacea, a gold-plated insurance policy for happiness. However, that's not God's plan. You see, no conversion, no decision will ever shield a person from suffering. It really won't. Though some individuals seem to accept Christ on the basis of false theology. And I'm sorry if you've heard the message, come to Jesus and everything will be all right. Let me tell you, everything will be okay. He carries you, he helps you, but it does not mean that suffering and pain will not be part of your life. That is not the guarantee that God and Jesus left us. And unfortunately, some who've gone into that false theology, they, they get very disillusioned, or for others, they grow into an understanding that God doesn't promise us a rose garden. I quote again, but he does promise to help us to live in the brown, dried out pasture in which we sometimes find ourselves. That so reminds me of my life. (laughs) There's highs and there's lows. You know, some people ask, why God? Why all the trouble? Many things in life make us ask why. It's not wrong to ask why. A husband or or wife who may have felt the, the effects of you know, their spouse having a sexual relationship with, with someone else. A teenager who's hopelessly hooked on, on drugs. A sudden death of a loved one. We've all felt the panic, depression, sick feelings in the pit of our stomach. Am I speaking to anybody here today? And sometimes the constant fear we, that we, we may not be able to withstand the pressure and force of this suffering. I want to encourage you. It's interesting that the little instrument used to beat the grain in old times and divide the chaff from the wheat was called a tribulum. This is where we get our English word, tribulation. You see, tribulation separates the chaff from the wheat in our lives. It often eliminates our selfish desires and allows our godlike nature to grow. This is all part of God's plan. Christians are frequently associated suffering with punishment. But suffering can be a consequence of sin, but sometimes suffering is God's way of bringing us back to him. If you're in a moment of suffering, it may be that it's God's way of trying to bring you back to him. Two very quick things that I want to say, because time's nearly gone. You know, about suffering that I've realised in my life, and I realise when I observe. Great people who have experienced great suffering. The first thing is that we are refined in suffering. There is a process. An ordinary bar of steel is worth five pounds, roughly, but it doubles in value when the same bar is made into a horseshoe. If transformed into needles, the bar is worth around 350 But when hammered into springs for expensive watches, the same bar is worth hundreds of thousands of pounds. The pounding, the heating, and the cutting process required for spring activity increases the steel's value tremendously. This is why God allows us to be hammered and heated, because he sees our ultimate worth. He sees through the cloudy rock, to the sparkling diamond beneath. 1 Peter 1 verse 7 says, these trials will show that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire, tests and purifies gold through your faith, though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. So when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring much praise and glory and honour on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. Secondly, not only does it bring a refinement to us, but we're strengthened in suffering. 1 Peter 5 verse 10 says, And the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm and steadfast. There's a man who um, was an incredible Bible teacher in the United Kingdom in the 1800s by the name of Charles Haddon Spurgeon. He said this, the Lord gets his best soldiers out of the highlands of affliction. You see, character is honed, formed and strengthened through suffering. Gold like faith is produced. Resistance makes us stronger. I'm looking down the camera because I had a conversation this week with someone who will remain nameless for this broadcast, but you're probably listening. You know, in tough situations and suffering and pain can either make us one of two things. We can either make us bitter or better. And I'm encouraging you, if you're in a place of suffering, if you're in a place of hardship, use this as a place where God is going to make you stronger and turn that bitterness into you're going to become, I know it's not an English word, betterness. This week is referred as Passion Week. And in this week, Jesus truly revealed his passion for us in the way that he suffered and that he he willingly went to the cross on our behalf. So what should our attitude be? And in closure, guys, thanks for staying with us. Well, I think we should be passionate in our worship of Jesus. We should praise his name. We should proclaim the gospel. We should know that all our provision... In this season will be met as we are found in Christ, but also as he suffered, so we also should be willing to suffer for the cause of Christ. And we could we should proclaim this message of his death and resurrection. This is what the last week of Jesus has taught me. Lastly, I want to use this opportunity to encourage everybody to get their life right with God. the One of the very quick thing that you see through the life of Jesus in his last week, he taught a lot about eternity, about our eternal destination. Loads of stories that he told. And in this broadcast, I want to encourage everybody who's listening to me to listen up real carefully. Jesus did all of this because he wanted to express his love for you. And he wanted to help you in this life. This is is a, a run, for the life to come. And I want to encourage you this morning to give your life to Jesus, to surrender your all to him. Whatever you find yourself in, wherever you find yourself, I want to tell you that he loves you. There's nothing that can stop the love of God towards you. It's interesting that it says, whilst we were still sinners, Christ died for us. You won't get yourself right, you won't get yourself good enough and then he'll accept you. He accepts you just as you are. So I wonder if in this moment if you just bow your heads in prayer, i really believe there are people on this broadcast who are wanting reaching out to the lord lord jesus i just simply ask that you would come and you would save people i ask lord jesus that you would renew people's lives that you would you change them from the inside out you give them an, a new life lord you'd forgive them of their sin you'd wash them clean and you'd give them that brand new start lord as people are crying out to you in this moment those who are suffering draw closer than we pray in Jesus' name. I want to encourage you just in this moment, if you made a response to follow Jesus, and I believe there are many of you, just click on the screen. Just click on the screen now, on the chat, and just put there that you've responded, and there'll be people who will follow you up, and there'll be people who will help you on your journey to faith. It's just the beginning. It's just the beginning. It's just the start. It may be that you've recommitted your life to Jesus. You once knew the Lord. Still click on it, and people will pray for you. I also would just want to pray in these final moments that you would know provision for the season and that we would be a church that praises the name of the Lord. So in this moment, I just want to pray a prayer of benediction over your life. Father, thank you today for your love and your care. And thank you for the way that you journeyed the last week of your life, what you showed us. Lord, I pray for those who are fretting about provision that you would meet their, need, meet their needs in Jesus' name. And Lord, I pray that our lives would just result in praise and adoration to you because in praise comes breakthrough. And I pray, Lord Jesus, that there would be breakthrough that comes to people's lives who are listening to this. In this moment, those who are suffering, those who are hurting, those who are in pain, as they lift up the name of Jesus, I pray, Lord, that it would result in breakthrough in their life. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen. Let's praise ourselves stronger. Let's praise our way into faith. And let's praise Him and see the victory in Jesus' name. I want to just conclude by saying... Please, let's continue to connect via the technology forms that we can if you're part of Arena Church. If you need help, please click on the screen. Please email us at the offices. Someone will come back to you. Let's remain very much together in this time. But also, let's continue to give. There's going to be an announcement in a, in a moment, but I just want to encourage you to be faithful in your giving. Thank you, church, that your giving has not dropped. Thank you that you've endeavoured to just lean in. And we just encourage you to do that, that will continue to enable us to move things forward in the life of the church in every location as always we love you look forward to connecting with you real soon god bless